Welcome back to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Today we are talking about a hot topic, Bud Light, but not in the way you think. We're going to give you kind of our perspective from the outside looking in. Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Welcome back to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Kyle Voss in the house. Jared here. Hope you enjoyed that intro by Kyle this time. Sorry, I was trying to sip my whiskey over here. <laughs> that was a good one. So we got a little different podcast today. We, you know, we don't usually do current events, but it's just Jared and I today, no guest. We're like, let's just grab a headline mm-hmm. and give our input on it. So, and what's the biggest headline in the country, probably the world right now? Bud Light, <laughs> which is sad in itself, know, right? right? So what we want to do is we want kind of want to analyze this as entrepreneurs, business uh, savvy guys. We feel like we are at least marketing marketing we feel like we're marketing guys and just kind of look at this from a business side of the business and marketing side not necessarily the you know the two sides politically and whatever what have you everybody has bashed it enough we want to get into the meat so to speak yeah try to figure out what the thinking was behind it if it's good if it's bad if it's bad can it be good mm-hmm. well we know today they've lost uh more than 30 percent of their customer base and I think this morning the ticker was like a five million dollar drop. No billion, billion, five, with, five billion. Yeah, which sounds like a lot, but it's a hundred and forty something billion dollar company. So when you're talking, what is that? It's probably lost three percent of its of its market mm-hmm. capital. Now I will tell you this, and this is one of the gripes I have about the stock market is that uh, the actual stock price doesn't represent how much money they're losing in sales. The two could go separate, right? Look them up while you're talking about that. They could be losing a ton of sales. Say they could say their actual revenue drops by forty percent, but the stock only drops by four. So it's not like an accurate representation of the sales drop, or vice versa. You know, maybe their sales don't drop at all, but the market share drops because investors feel like it's a problem. I mean, apparently, it's not that big of a problem. Is that today? That is a one-year snapshot. Yeah, but look. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's it's not. What you're going to run into, though, is the stock price could stay good, and if they're not making the revenue that they need, when they report earnings is where it's going to be a problem. That's right. They report earnings, and they're like way off what they projected they were going to do. Because right now it's speculation. Mm-hmm. The people that sold the stock are speculating that they're going to lose. That's right. There's a lot of people that don't know. Right, they're just kind of hanging out in the middle, going, "I'm hanging on to my bud stock. You know, it's been good for me. Who cares? It's down four percent. Maybe it's going to jump back up." When they report earnings, and everybody knows what's going on, or maybe we're just hearing from the east of the Mississippi line. Maybe that's the case, and maybe in New York they're selling five times as much to make up for the shortfall. Maybe, maybe, but we wouldn't have a five billion dollar loss if that was the case. It's not a, but it's not a revenue loss. Well, when Travis Tritt took it off tour. <laughs> Well, and you know, you know, what's his name from, uh, oh gosh, uh, anyway, one of the bands that has a, a restaurant in Nashville. He quit selling it in his restaurant. But he didn't say he did it to boycott them. He said he quit buying it because they weren't selling it anymore. He's like, you know, I've got X amount of Bud, Bud Light in the back. My vendor's coming in That's wanting right. me to buy more. And he's like, I'm not buying anymore. I've got this. I can't get rid of it. There, nobody's buying it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I did not buy it and put it in my store because because I was trying to boycott something. He's like, I was doing it because it wasn't selling. That's just 
Business 101. Business 101. So how did we get here would probably be the best start of, of whatever. I think everybody's seen the memes and the clips and the reels of uh, having, I don't even know her name, the VP of marketing for Bud Light itself. Right. Based in New York or L.A. or somewhere. And uh, she said it was too fratty. Too fratty. And she too, needed more. She's trying to change the image. Yeah. So apparently she has some different types of friends that got in her head while they were drinking Bud Light one night. She probably never, never sipped a Bud Light. I don't know. Actually, she has. There's pictures of her coming out at frat parties. <laughs> so for her to say it was too fratty, which is funny. But you know what's crazy about this is that, and I don't know where she's thinking, right? I don't know what she's doing. I also don't know the kind of pressure that she is, you know, there may be pressure from above to be like, this brand has been stagnant. We need to change it. We need to do something. And so maybe it wasn't something that she decided to do on her own. Maybe she felt like she had to really change it versus do the same old thing. Now, one of the things that she said, though, was that the brand was in decline for years. That is not true. It is Bud Light is the number one selling beer in the United States. Has been last year, the year before that. Like there are, there's no doubts about it that maybe they're not selling quite as much as they used to, but it's still the number one beer sales wise in the country. You know, part of that's because the dilution of market share, right? You got the IPAs coming out, you got the microbreweries. You know, a lot of people changed and went to different beers. So I mean, you know. It would make sense that maybe that they stole some of that market share, but the fact that the brand, she's saying the brand was declining. I don't know that I believe in that. Your Bud Light guys are still, we're still drinking Bud Light. I don't know any Bud Light guys. But I hadn't been downtown Clemson in years, so <laughs> I know that it is a, a, a heavy brand, for sure. And yeah. it's a southern brand. You go to a bonfire, at 10 to 1, you're going to have Bud Light in somebody's cooler, for sure. Yeah. You know, but uh, for these artists to kick it off tours, like, that's going to make a big deal. Like, I love these guys that say, I'm never drinking Bud Light again. I'm going to Modelo to support a real company. Well, same company that makes Modelo makes Bud Light. Yeah. yeah. Like, so we looked it up. We did, a little, we did a little research before the podcast started. Chances are you're drinking Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch has 500 products they make. Now, what happened was, because I actually experienced this myself, when, when IPA started getting popular, and, um, you know, I was loving these craft beers. I was wanting to support local small business. Uh, but Anheuser-Busch was coming along buying them up. So like Wicked Weed, uh, I think Goose, what is that, Goose Creek or whatever it Maybe. is. So they were buying them up. And it was kind of making me mad because, you know, I was all about supporting the the small guy. Mm-hmm. And they're coming in and swooping up all these small players. Actually, they were big players in a small pond. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And honestly, on, on a business side of it, like if I was, if, if you've got the ability, you do the same if thing. If I'm as a Bush I'm, right. and I'm running the company, I'm doing the same That's thing right. because when the IPA craze came along, mm-hmm. they're like, man, we're not in that business, but we can be, we got enough cash on the sidelines. So this is buy a bunch of them. So I get why they did it. It makes sense to me as a business owner. I would have done the exact same thing. It kind of killed it for me though, because to me, it's not a craft brew now. If it's owned by Anna's Bush, it's it's a no, that's right, right. So, um, anyway, yeah, we were kind of laughing because they own five hundred different uh, beverages, beverages from name some of them. Cast Castle. A lot of the your Puerto Rican, South American beers are manufactured here and sold over there. 
Modelo's. Yeah. Um, it was um, New Brun, uh, not New Brunswick. That's a city in Texas. New Belgium, Belgium, something. Yeah, something like that. I had it pulled up earlier, but I mean, it was. Uh, it's, I mean, they're in the Celsius. It's half of your local dive bar. It's half their cooler. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they control the market because they're also distributors in a lot of That's states. Right. So in South Carolina. K&W. Yeah, in South Carolina, say me and Jared started a brewery. We couldn't, We and I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts with some of our brewers, um, brewers but if we made beer here, we could not put that in a truck and take it to the local bar one block away and sell it to them. And South Carolina is one of the few, very few states that run that way. Right across the border, North Carolina, you brew it, you can take it to your local yeah. restaurant and sell it. So yeah. the laws are changing as we speak, but still. And then they control the market here. So it's kind of full circle on this. If we had a brewery, we'd have to basically give our beer to Anheuser-Busch. Get it tax stamped. They would, they would, they would take it to their warehouse an hour away, mm-hmm. tax stamp it, do whatever they want, and then bring it back and deliver it one block from where we made yep. the beer. That's right. Uh, and then there would be, you know, there's obviously they make them cut in the middle of that so we couldn't you know if we could sell it one block away to our our buddies sure. who own a tap room we could sell for x but then we have mm-hmm. to if we go through you know a distributor has to sell for a little bit more because we got to pay their cut too mm-hmm. so anyway they got their hands in that and obviously if they can you know if they can control that they're not gonna let that go i wouldn't think you know everybody says it's the worst marketing decision of of united states history right but i've never seen the world talking about one product so much as they are today. Was it really a bad decision? Well, and that's kind of what I wanted to get into, too. Like My Uncle Greg always told me, he's like, look, even bad publicity is still publicity. Yeah. And we're here right now. Can you, can you tarnish a brand, though? <coughs> yeah. With bad, I mean. Yeah, I think for a little bit. And then they, see, and, you know, we've talked about it in another podcast. Like, I think with uh, Brad Price, we were like, when you make a mistake, it's actually the best thing that can happen because how you handle that mistake. That's what everybody's waiting on. Yeah. So I, f- I feel like, and I don't know where they want to go with this. You know, they may stick to their guns, right? They may be like, no, we believe in what we did. We're not changing. We're going we're gonna to ride this out. But they could also, and this is what I would do, is get back to your customer base, right? And, you know, be honest with your customer base. I honestly believe they could come back and say, hey, we messed up. This is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to apologize for what we did, but we're going to create another brand. Mm-hmm. It's not Bud Light. And that's the brand we're going to market to, you know, the non-fratty. The other demographic. The other demographic, right? I think it's very important for a brand to get out of their comfort zone with marketing. I yeah. think you don't grow without doing that. But if you alienate your customer base, your foundation by yeah. doing that, you made a, a huge mistake. Well, I, I think that the actual... The interview that the marketing, the VP of marketing did, I actually think made it worse because who cares that Bud Light is a fratty beer? Like if it sells 500 billion and a quarter. Exactly. Yeah. Like who cares that it's a fratty beer? Like let the fratty, let the, let that demographic have that beer. That's right. Like create a new, create something else or, or market something. If you got 500 brands, don't take your number one. Yeah. Take number six. Right. And then make and then market that to different demographics. And then you can cover all the demographics with, under the same umbrella versus like you're taking one and then you're kind of stomping on the fratty guys by saying, you know, we're, sure. we want to change it. We don't like this fratty, you know, 
No, they're buying all your beer. Like, why would you? Why would you want to change that? I think that's the biggest issue. I don't think it's an issue of of the of how they marketed or what the marketing was. I think it's the fact that they were like, we're trying to get away from what we're known for and do something else. Mm-hmm. But that's a bad decision business wise for me, at least. I would think like leave that demographic alone. They like what they got. You like what they got because you're making a ton of money on it. That'd be like Kill Fab, your apparel company that you have, marketing only to florist who have well, nothing well, to do with what yes, you started mar- with. Marketing to florist and saying, we don't really like these welders. Welder guys. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get away from them. But we see value in the florist. We see value in the florist. A better decision would be to, to do a spinoff under the same umbrella to market the florist. Leave the leave the water guys alone, right? Let them buy all their kill fab stuff, wear it, you know, identify as you know, show basically show on the outside what they are on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, I, I just I don't get it. I don't understand. Maybe they have bigger plans. I guess we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like, well, who was the? Uh, when did you hear the news, so to speak? I don't know. I think I was just flipping through and I seen like Kid Rock. First one I saw. Shoot, Kid shooting, Rock. Yeah, and I'm like, what? why is he shooting his Bud Light? Uh, his grandpa here and he's a little irritated. Yeah. You know, F. Anheuser-Busch. You know, here, here's what's crazy. I heard the other day a girl said, you know what? Dixie Chicks never sold so many albums till they cussed out the USA. I mean, hey. <laughs> Although, you know what though? They I ran used- over millions and millions and millions of CDs and records back then. Well, they, they had to buy them to run over them. Yeah, well, they already bought, I guess. Maybe. Now, I will tell you this. I was a huge Dixie Chicks fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, music-wise. Mm-hmm. And then they started getting, like, so political. Mm-hmm. And if they, you know, like, my thing is, personally, like, I just leave politics out of it. Because there's going to be people on the left and the right that want to buy my products. That's right. They want to watch my content, Right. And I want everybody to watch it or everybody to buy my products. Like, I don't want just just a certain group to do it. I, don't, I want everybody to be, that's the most inclusive. You know, they're talking about kind of changing the branding to be inclusive. Like, just stay out of politics and it's completely com- inclusive because when you go one way, you're going you're gonna to push out some other, you know, you're going to push out one side or the other. I think if you're a musician and you have that kind of following, then you have the responsibility to stay out of that world. Let politicians handle that world. Don't influence your yeah. life for the well, music. Well, you know, for me, it's like, okay, fine. If you if you want to voice your opinion off stage. So mm-hmm. what killed me is I actually bought some Dixie Chicks tickets when I came back on tour after the whole debacle with Bush or whatever happened. And I didn't really care that he, you know, she said something about, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, I love their music. When they came on tour again, I was like, I'm going to buy some tickets. I'm going to go. The entire concert that I paid my hard-earned money for was a political statement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no that's bueno ridiculous. for me. I'm not doing it. Like, that's it. Yeah, I love the music, but like, I paid to come to this show to listen to the music that you wrote, not to listen to all this stuff that you want to create. And I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. Eddie Vedder did the same thing when he wrote Bush Leaguer. <clears throat> got out on stage wearing a George W. Bush mask. He got beer thrown at him. <laughs> like A lot of people didn't care for that. Yeah, but he just got into the political realm. He is very vocal off scene, you know, and, and Eddie's a quiet guy, but he's very vocal about his stance on America and about presidency and 
Republican versus Democrat, Tom Morello with Rage Against Machine, another musician who I adore. Yeah. Just, man, stay in your lane. Yeah. Well, Be so, a musician or run for office. Let me kind of spin this on you. And, and you know, for those listening, maybe give you a different way of thinking because this is kind of how I think about it. And really, this comes from, really, it comes from church for me, which is kind of sure. weird. But what if, I'll give you a scenario. So, say Budweiser wants to really support um, this transgender movement and all the stuff that's going on, right? Would they be better off to do that by putting somebody's face on a beer can and creating a whole marketing plan around that? Or would they be better off to like not be in the political and then just take some of their money from all this Budweiser they're selling and just stick it in places, right? Pretty sure they would have already been doing that. Well, but, and they may have. If, if the public would have found out they made a $10 million donation to Anheuser-Busch, or no, 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 if Anheuser-Busch made a $10 million donation to the transgender movement or LGBABC, whatever that yeah. is, then you'd hear, you'd hear a little bit. Yeah. But if they just yeah. put it on a can, you hear it blow up. Right. But I guess my point is, is like, you can't make a difference if you don't have funding you don't have the money if you're out of business you ain't making a difference you know if you basically kill your platform to the point where you can't speak anymore and and i'll get dixie chicks i think is a prime example of that they're not on stage to be able to say what they want to say anymore Mm -hmm. that's because everybody was probably like okay i'm not going to another one of those concerts who would have thought that sentence i and i'd have to pull it up to get it exact but i think i'm ashamed to be from the united states of america yeah is all she said yeah yeah and that was it that's all it took you know what that tells me though is that They've never, they've never lived anywhere else. You know? Well, they were overseas when she said it. I do know that. Oh, okay. So she was just talking out of the side of her mouth, basically. But here's, here's the other crazy nugget out of that whole discussion is it was before the internet that we know today. It was, like, it, it was radio DJs that we were listening to on 92.5. It was on the ESC. news, though. It yeah. was on the news. So... It's, uh, could you imagine that today? Yeah. Uh, and she was still getting death threats years after the fact, but then she came out and blew it up with not ready to make nice. And that song just melted the number one spot for a while. And then crickets, like that was all they yeah. had. And even the video of that, I can see that in my head, her on a chalkboard. Um, I will not something. She wrote it down like 50 times, like our punishment when we were kids. Right. But, there will ne- there'll never be a super group again. They may come out with another tour, and they they might could sustain the tour as well. But yeah, I just never understood because it's almost the same exact thing like like Bud Light did, where they're right. they're killing their core demographic. I mean, their core demographic was, you know, Southern country. You know, probably if I had to guess, mostly conservative. I mean, you're in country music. I would guess that I don't know what the spread would be in country music, but you'd have to think it was conservative, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, yeah, was. I don't know about all the now Luke Bryan folkies. <laughs> he's, I mean, they're definitely conservative folks, I guess. Some of them. They all look the same. I know that. <laughs> but I, I, I laughed when Travis Tripp made his announcement. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I'm pulling all the Bud Light off for tour buses. Michelob Ultra only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy, that's an impact. Yeah. Maybe it was their least selling beer and they needed to readjust and take it off the shelf completely and come up with a new product. I don't know. Oh, maybe that's, you talking about Bud Light? 
Maybe. I I don't think so though. I think we I actually looked up and it was Bud Light itself. The actual blue really? can is the number one selling beer in the country. Hmm. You know, which goes back to what we were talking about before. Like, why would you not just create if you got five hundred brands, take another one. Did you and, bring me one of them Bud Lights? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not a Bud Light. Who's Thank it made by? Kentucky Barrel. Anheuser Busch. No, it's not. It is not. <clears throat> so anyway. It's a, uh, yeah, I don't get it. Maybe they got bigger plans. Well, Bud Light needs to take a break, just like we do. We'll be right back. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. When it comes to your auto and home insurance needs, make things simple and trust your Allstate experts. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your auto and home. Bundling saves money, sure, but it also saves you time. So you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact Clemson Allstate agent Shane Smith at 864-654-1047 today for a free personalized insurance proposal. Allstate, are you in good hands? Okay, we're back. Thank you, Allstate, for sponsoring this podcast. Now that's somebody that knows his customers. That's right. Shane Smith at Allstate understands that our demographic is his clientele. Yeah, everybody drives. That's right. So if you're interested in advertising on the podcast, reach out to us at southcacpod at gmail.com great so good luck to uh, Anheuser-Busch and fill in their debacle holes <laughs> it'll be yeah that might have been <laughs> is that a pun <laughs> illy put <laughs> <laughs> anyway we'll uh, real, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out real, I, real men of genius has turned to real women with penis I, it's, yeah. they're gonna have to change their whole marketing campaign now hey, crazy whatever whatever they want to do like I'm just interested to see what they do from the sidelines, you know, as a as a marketing. It will be interesting to watch the next 30 because they have yeah. to address this in 30 days. Either they're going to go all in with it and keep it going and just say, right. we don't care. Yeah. Which they're large enough. They can. Yeah. Um, or they can fix this problem if they see there's a problem. They really may not. The powers that be may not see a problem. Be like, I'm cool with it. I feel bad for it. The Cardinals right now playing in Bush Stadium. Thank God it's not Bud Light Stadium. Could you imagine that? All the players on the, or all the people in the stands throwing is, Bud Light. Is Bush beer Anheuser Busch? Mm-hmm. Anheuser Busch is they 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 merged that one located in St. Louis. And if, you, if you've ever if you ever have the opportunity, go tour the facility. Logistically, it is impossible to do what they do, and they figured it out. It is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Cool. And their horses live. Uh, Way better than we do. Yeah, of course, because people are coming looking. They're gonna. They got to make it. There, that horse stable is. It's worth. It's worth the trip just to see how the horses live. Yeah, maybe they're trying to do away with the horses. Maybe that's part of this plan. Oh, they can't do that. They're like, this is too much. It's the best part. The Clydesdales Keep, keeping up some horses is too much for us. Man, I wish the Super Bowl was like this month because I'd love to see the Super Bowl commercial that Anheuser <laughs> Bush comes out with. Or I, you know what? I, and this is obviously this is gonna kind of get off track just a little bit. But I seen where somebody launched a beer today that's called something ultra, ultra American or something. And it, have you ever seen those Gary's razors or whatever? So there, there's a there's a guy that basically came out and obviously he's he's like I'm not gonna say he's a far right guy because I don't know what he believes in, but he's definitely a, like an American guy. You know, all about America. And so he came out. You know when the whole thing happened with uh, Harry's razors? Mm-mm. Apparently they- Are talking about 
yeah. shaving razors. Yeah, yeah. Harry's razors, like he came out and did something that was apparently a lot of people didn't like. I don't even know what it was. I'm assuming that it was anti-American just based on what this guy did. So this guy comes out, creates a razor company and does these commercials and basically says, you know, you know, they don't want your money. I want your money. You know, all this stuff's made in America and he comes out with these commercials. I'll show it to you after the podcast. It's pretty interesting. But the same, I don't know if it's the same group, same guy, maybe a different guy, but the same kind of plan launches a beer and it's like an all American beer. I'm like, I don't know how he did that in that short of a time, unless it was already in the works and they just changed the name right at the end. Sure. But uh, very interesting because he could instantly take a zero to a hero if you can get all the frat boys to buy it. Yeah, but I mean, everybody in the world's trying to play that game right now. I and mean, well, we're, we're at the peak of. Yeah, and you got distribution problems too. That's the you other bet. thing. Like, if you can't just go to the local place and buy ultra American beer, whatever the hell it's called. Then they're yeah. not going to buy it. They're going to buy something else and go to the party. There's no beer more American that will ever be than Billy's beer. Billy's beer? I think it's Billy's beer. I should have looked this up. Jimmy Carter's brother, our former president. Oh, yeah. I think I heard something about his this. His brother was the winner of the Carters. <laughs> one, of, one of the brothers went to become president of the United States. The other one on the peanut farm and, and made Billy beer. Billy, I think I have heard about that. Uh, obviously, we're not in production with Billy's beer right now, but that's the segue back into all-American beer. There you go. Interesting. So, Kyle, let me ask you this. Does does Anheuser-Busch or Bud Light division, do they not know their customers? And why did they choose to ignore if they did know their customers? There's no way they don't know their customers. There's no way on... On the planet Earth, they don't know their customers. Matter of fact, I guarantee they know their customers very, very well. I bet they do polls. I bet they've got a room full of people right now just polling other people. <laughs> polls, analytics, yeah. clicks, click-throughs. I mean, they know everything. They know they know age. I guarantee you they know area. I almost wonder if it was one of those deals where they thought it was going to fly under the radar. There's, there's no way you make a, a loud can like that and think it's going to fly under the radar. No, but that, that can is not for sale. That can only went to her. Oh, that is right. Yeah, so, because next door at Weston Co., I think they tried to order a case, and they said they don't they yeah. can't get them to us. So I think maybe they felt like they could just send her a couple cans, six-pack or whatever it is. Her followers are going to enjoy it. They're going to go buy Bud Light. All the frat boys aren't going to see that. So you're telling me, let me make sure I got this straight. One influencer off of Instagram corrupted a whole division of Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, I think she's I think she's a TikTok influencer. I think that's where she's really big, but yes, one influencer. So I think I think wow. it was I think it was a miss. I think they felt like, "Oh, we can tap into this other demographic, but also keep our core demographic happy. Like they're not going to know that we're over here." They ought to put those two demographics in the same stadium as a mixer and just kind of say, "Hey, yeah, do y'all get y'all have Bud Light in common?" Whatever, but anyway, but I, I think I think the huge mistake was that the VP got online and was started talking about the Freddy and started kind of down in that that they were trying to change the ways. If they would if they would have stuck with what they had done, mm-hmm. they'd probably be in way better shape. Like we're cool with the frat boys, but we're also trying to include other demographics as well, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to be inclusive here. We love both of you. That's not what she said, though. Mm-mm. It was like, no, we're trying to... Downgraded the college crowd. We're trying to change the ways. Is kind of the way she pitched it. Yeah. And I think that's what is really going to hurt them in the end. And the country music crowd. Like, most country music fans start out as 
frat house guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that that's interesting. So with uh, Kill Fab, your YouTube channel, yep. do you just put content out there because it's your content? Or do you know by now, you're 400,000 followers deep, do you know by now who your audience is and do you kind of cater your content around no. your audience? So, yeah, the opposite, right? Like I'm not trying to uh, cater to demographics that don't associate, that don't relate to me. Does that make sense? It does. Because I could, I could very easily change what I do to try to relate to other demographics. The problem is, is they're going to call bullshit on that. Well, we kind of saw that when you pitched the podcast and one of your video contents. Like, yep. hey, guys, started a podcast about business. We got a little bit of traction, but most of your guys are in fabrication. Not They don't want to have time yeah. to listen to a podcast or want to listen right. to a podcast. But. So my thing is I've always been a firm believer in stick to your core values. Stick to the things that you believe in. Stick to the things that make you happy. You know, for me especially if you're going to create a business or a job, you got to love it. You got to show up every day. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be there to do the work. And if you're not really interested in those things, whatever it is you're doing, you're going to, you're going to kind of fizzle out after a while. Mm-hmm. And it's a long game. Yeah. When we had a meeting in Greenville the other day, we had several South CAC is going through a, a growth spurt right now. So we're trying to figure that out. And in the meeting, I said, somebody asked, well, so what, it, what are you trying to do here? And I said, well, we know that there's an audience that doesn't want to wear a pastel Southern anything shirt. Yeah. So we're filling that gap. Like that's the, that's our yeah. audience. Now we'll cross over and grab some of these other guys that are wearing some of the other. Southern See my, brands. my personal opinion, what you should do with South CAC is not necessarily try to figure out where the gaps are. You should just have a North star of we are Southern pride. We're our South Carolina pride apparel. And we're gonna make we're gonna make stuff for everybody. We're gonna do the the pastel, whatever would you call it a minute ago? Pastels. Pastel. Yeah. We're gonna do the pastels. But we're also gonna have this line that's not. It's mm-hmm. more of the the you know, hiking fishing. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna have this line over here that's this. Whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. And make just make your North Star higher versus mm-hmm. trying to like make your North Star in that little keyhole make it it's a South Carolina pride apparel. Well, my North Star for South CAC is, will I wear that? Yeah. That's it. And that, that may be a good thing, but do you feel like you're limiting yourself? Because I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I my biggest failure in life is that I think everybody thinks like me. <laughs> and that sounds like a weird... <laughs> no. sounds like, And it took me a long time to figure that out, dude. That's why we're the only two at the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not right. But I mean, even as far as like what I want to buy mm. and, you know, like, you know, I, I, I fail with this all the time on the YouTube channel. You know, if I just did, if I just had cars that I just drove and did burnouts and crashed them and just raised hell, I'd have way more viewers, way more subscribers, but I'm not, I like want to dive deep into the like TIG welding and make this and make that dude. Most, most people don't want to make shit. Mm. They just want to like see some dude like doing a burnout. You know, and so the the failure that I had was that I thought everybody was like me. There are very few out there that want to do what I want to do and can do. Either way, it doesn't matter because I don't I don't care. I want to inspire people to do, and if they just want to do, then my content's for them. The problem is very few even want to. Obviously, there's almost half a million. Yeah, but I mean, in in a three hundred million, I mean, you know, still. it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, I, I get your point. 
but but it's the same thing with business, right? It's like you always want to be the bigger thing, you know. It's, you always want to grow. You want to you want to reach more people. I mean, that's for me. I want to reach as many people as I can. I would love to inspire a whole generation of of do it yourself fabricators building their own projects and you know weld picking up welders and you know whatever having machines in their garage to cut and grind and do whatever. Um, but what I'm finding is that you know a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to like. See so somebody do a burnout. Mm-hmm. They just want to live vicarious, and I think that's kind of you know some of my viewers have the interest, but probably never pick up any of those tools. But they have enough interest where they can live vicariously through what I do. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of them that have no interest. I mean, that's what social is to us today. Yeah, for period. Sure. For sure. That's why it consumes us. And I, when I watched something the other day, it said our brain width only likes six seconds. Yeah, of content. If, ever, if we don't get the reaction or the punchline or whatever the gold nugget of that piece of content is in six seconds, if it doesn't grab us, we're swiping up. Yeah. You know what's funny about this new generation of social is that you are interested in things you never thought you'd be interested in. It's different. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you a prime example. You know, when before social, we were in our core groups. You know, you from music, and that's all you did. Mm-hmm. You're into music. You, you hung out with people who were into mm-hmm. music. You listen to music, you played music, you know, like that was your gig. Or when you started getting in the corporate world, then it kind of changed to where like you were influenced by maybe That's right. people that had planes or had, you know, whatever. For me, same way. Like I was in the cars, I hung out with dudes that had cars. We raced cars, we work on cars. That's all we did was cars. Now I'm on social and like, I get hung up on these like um, dudes making knives, which I guess is kind of the same mm-hmm. thing or... And I'll send you a bunch of dude just trying different drinks. 3D printing and things like that. Yeah, or ASMR. Like we were talking about dudes just cooking. With a big microphone. But don't say a word. Yeah. They just cook this whole meal and all you do is listen to it. Like It's insane. That's never been an interest of mine, but it somehow drags me in and I'm like, "Eh, that's pretty cool. That's insane. Yeah. And we're we're barely scratching the surface of where we are now with Chat GPT. Chat could have the AI could have written a better campaign for Bud Light than the VP of marketing. Probably so. Hey, we should do it <laughs> right now. <laughs> Can you? I did this last night for somebody. You actually. got you got the Chat yeah. mobile. It, uh, I, it it'd be interesting. So, what do you what do you pour in there? It's uh, a little uh, Woodford Woodford Reserve. Uh, this is actually this this bottle, and for you guys watching on YouTube, maybe you can see this particular bottle has the, the South Pack Syndicate logo on it, thanks to uh, our very first guest, Mister Hugh. Oh yeah, oh he's represented twice. Oh, is that did he give you those? T- oh, the the koozie, yeah, yeah. Oh, I covered it up. Grit and Star. Shout out to Hugh. Little Rock, Arkansas guy there. Hugh Force One. That's, uh, you think he still listens to us? He's so busy. Hugh, Hugh, if you're listening, send us a dove or something. I'm going to type in, write a creative product description for Bud Light. You know what's going what's gonna to be crazy about chat, chat is, is the AI version is going to do it based on current... Stuff that it finds on the web. So I'm writing is write a creative product description for Bud Light beer. And we'll submit this. And I 
think last night I wrote a whole article and it took 12 seconds. So introducing Bud Light, the refreshing beer that's perfect for any occasion, made with the finest ingredients and brewed to perfection. This light-bodied beer is the perfect choice for those who want to enjoy a cold one without the heavy aftertaste. With its smooth and crisp flavor, Bud Light is the perfect beer for those who enjoy a refreshing drink after a long day. Blah, 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 blah. Whether you're an enthusiast or just looking for a refreshing drink, Bud Light is sure to satisfy. So why wait? Crack open a cold one today and experience the taste of pure refreshment with Bud yeah. Light. So let me ask you. So let me ask you a question. Based on that, and we could do a whole episode on chat, yeah. uh, GPT and AI in general. We probably will. But the way that that works is it basically combs the internet. So you think of a search engine like Google. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you put in. If you put in, you know, uh, a year ago, if you put in that same search in Google, matter of fact, if you did the same search in Google now, what it would do is give you websites that could help you with that. What what that what Chat GPT does is it basically combs all the verbiage on the internet and brings it all together. So I wonder if that exact saying or very close to it is on the Anheuser Busch website, and all it did was went out there, grabbed that from their about us section or whatever you want to call it, kind of piled it on one and gave it back to you as, does that make sense? Like, I don't think it created it from scratch. Uh, AI Rider is the program that I'm using. <clears throat> and uh, it's really, it's really scary. We do need to do an episode on this. There's some songwriter guys that are pissed that this technology exists. Yeah. I, I wrote a song right here in front of you. Because there's a whole category. Yeah. Would you like to write a song? Give me the topic and three things you want in it. All these uh, ads that are popping up. Oh, he surprised me with my own custom song. Yeah. All that is is AI. Yep. Yep. That's why you have to fill out a survey. So, I, so hold on. What's funny about this is what a month ago? How long was it when I introduced you to Chat GBT? Two months ago? Two months. Yeah. So two months ago, I walk into the podcast room. I'm like, Jared, have you heard of Chat GPT? He's like, No. What is that? I'm like, Watch this. Knowing he's a musician, so I type in, write a country song that talks about a guy named Jared who lives in Mount Rest, and I like put on all these things that you know are about him. And not only did this thing spit out the lyrics, mm-hmm. but it told you all the what is it of a song like chord, all, pro- chord progression or the breakdown of verse, chorus, bridge. Yes, it told you like yeah. the loop, like all the the all the stuff. It told you yeah. what it was, and it and it spit out this, this the verbiage as fast as you could possibly type. Yeah. So I just typed in write an article about why the marketing for Bud Light beer marketed a beer for transgenders. It spit out about six paragraphs, and here's how detailed it gets. I'll just read the first paragraph. It was recently reported that Bud Light, the popular beer brand, has launched a new marketing campaign specifically targeted towards the transgender community. This campaign is called Bud Light Out and is aimed at celebrating the support of the LGBTQ plus community. The campaign has significantly stepped towards the inclu- inclusivity and diversity in the beer industry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes on and on and on with detail. Right. They could have used that and done a better job than this, this broad did. <laughs> just put it out I'm there. I'm telling yeah. you. Like, or, or go into your fan base or your end user base and ask. Yeah. Guys, we need some new ideas. If you were to put a open call to the best commercial a fraternity house could put out and submit it to Bud Light and we'll play it, you know how many sub- submissions they would have yeah. had? 
Well, and back to what we were talking about, I think they could have picked one of the other 500 brands. George Strait is probably losing his mind right now. That's the Bud Light guy. I mean, he's the king of country music, man. Yeah. Bud Light has been his, what, what is, uh, like there's so much, there's so much yeah. stuff that's going to ripple effect out of this. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm really going to enjoy the, sitting on the sidelines watching how they kind of play out of this. No doubt. I think we definitely need to do an AI podcast and um, give us some time to put some perfect examples together and why they should teach it in schools and not run from it. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, I don't speak necessarily for the podcast, but speaking for myself, um, you know, I'm a man of freedom. So, I, you know, you're free to do what you want. Mm-hmm. I don't have any gripes about your sexuality or what you want to do. You can do not, I mean, I may or may not agree with it, but you can still do it. Mm-hmm. I believe in freedoms. And uh, this is not necessarily about, you know, where they're diving into, but the decisions they made and how how that made sense to them, I guess. Well, good luck, Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> Here's to you on man, figuring man out this mess. Real man, man of genius. genius. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that's going to wrap us up for today. <laughs> so uh, it was a hot topic, and this would be good just to timeline this. And, and uh, we will, we're for sure going to touch base on this at some point. And, and see what happened. How it played out. Yeah. So I, I, I guarantee you it will be used in presidential debates. Like they will, this will be a, a blip on the map. Yeah. Mr. Mr. So-and-so, do you drink Bud Light or That's not? Right. That's right. Oh, I, oh, I support everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't gosh. do that on the air. That oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys, we appreciate your time today. As always, thank you very much for tuning in to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast, and we'll see you soon. Bye, Kyle. See you.